Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 550 and Rush. We're back, Stephen, Dave, and Rock 102. A little cooler today. Highs in the low 70s and some rain this morning. Probably just giving way to some cloudy stuff in the afternoon. Uh, let's see. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aquapump, an expert on all water supply systems from the well through the pump and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Well, uh, you know, Father's Day is this weekend, right? Yes. And uh, uh, and Sesame Street is celebrating by unleashing a Friends parody. Basically, it's a fun song that reworks the show's theme, I'll Be There For You. And it includes subtle Friends references like creative rendition of Smelly Cat and a puppet wearing Joey's Thanksgiving turkey hat and a nod to Ross's pivot. Wow. Yeah. That's going to be great. At uh, the, what? Yeah, it was so bad I didn't even include it and now hear this today, by the way. Glad you're covering it here. Wow. If you thought it was yes. bad, then it must be really bad. At the end of the message, it says, Fathers are forever friends to all their, uh, all the fathers and father figures raising amazing kids. Thank you for being there. Uh, you're welcome. I guess so. I guess. I, 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 I don't know. They never did Father's Day tributes uh, in, in the past, have they? At Sesame Street? I don't remember. Sesame Street? I don't remember that. None of them really had parents. Those puppets. No, they were just uh, children that were allowed to roam around the streets with puppets. Yeah, but like uh, I don't remember Oscar the Grouch ever having uh, like a like a mom or a dad. Did, did they ever show his parents? I didn't watch that closely. I don't know. I uh, I don't recall. Of course, you know. To be honest, I haven't watched every episode in quite a long time. Uh, people are talking about these celebrity deaths that genuinely affected them, as if they were someone they knew. Some of those names include. Crocodile hunter Steve Irwin. Right. Uh, Chester Bennington. True. Yep. Uh, Eddie Van Halen. Mm-hmm. Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Norm MacDonald and Bob Saget. Yeah, we've all been uh, deeply touched by many of those people. Hello. What about Betty White? Well, well like, a- I think most of us kind of saw that one coming. The, uh, she is on the list, but that that was like the main ones yeah. that they were that they were saying. But yeah, there's Alex Trebek, there's David Bowie, Kobe Bryant, Anthony Bourdain. There's a lot of people that identify with Anthony Bourdain. Alec Baldwin. Oh wait, he's not dead yet. No, but he he's on his way to be. Uh, and Brandon Lee. Mm. I remember when they did, like superimposed him into the end of that Crow Crow movie because right. he. He died he on, shot the himself set. On, the, on the set. Yeah. They're already uh, heavy into the investment into that movie. You got to well, finish it off, right? Was there any uh, celebrity death that deeply affected you? Um, No, not really. Tom Petty? I've kind of, yeah, sure. I've kind of gone about my business. Although, you know, occasionally one will happen, though, you just go, oh, man. Man, that sucks. Yeah. My yeah. college soccer coach died yesterday. 30 years as the head coach at Wesleyan University, both in soccer and lacrosse. Takes, a lot, takes a lot of balls to be a soccer coach. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very sorry to hear that, but you do realize that uh, it's not really a celebrity, right? I mean, he's well, soccer he, coach. He was a celebrity to me. Yeah. Well, Steve, he, could you hold him for a little bit? <laughs> Every once in a while, somebody comes along in your life and acts yep. like a celebrity to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, By the way, let me just add, Terry Jackson was a grad of Springfield College as well before he became a... Big-time college soccer coach. Oh. 
Remind me to look up Terry Jackson by the end of the day. That's the coach? Oh, okay. Isn't that the guy that does that uh, uh, Monday through Friday snakes on this? uh, No, 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 Steve. That's Samuel L. Jackson. You're you're thinking of the uh, the brother of Michael, the one that was the least talented. No, that's Tito Tito Jackson. Jackson. No, you're thinking of that blonde girl that used to be on SNL. They used to do the upside down. Victoria Jackson, gymnast. No. No, you're thinking of that lingerie that people buy. No, no, I tell you the name of it, but it's a secret. No, no, you're thinking of that deodorant that only women put on unless you're a guy and you need one in an emergency. That's just a secret. A plain old secret. <laughs> uh, Maisie Williams was surprised to learn that her character, Arya Stark, in Game of Thrones is not queer. She said nothing about... I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. A-R-Y-A, Arya Good I enough guess. for us. I never. Uh, I hated that show. Shocked her more than that sex scene in the final season. Hmm. If you watch Game of Thrones, you probably knew what I was talking about. If right. you're like the rest of the people in this room, you're like, "What?" Yeah, I you got guys, through, you I guys got through, are not Game of Thrones guys. Either? I got through two seasons, yeah. and I'm like, "Okay, I've seen quite enough." Yeah. Mm. I didn't like that whole medieval thing. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm just not into that whole. I don't thing. like the whole fantasy thing. I don't like that. I didn't like Star Wars. Do you I like Fantasy like Island? Lord of the Rings. No, I didn't like that. You Nothing. don't like Fantasy Island? No. Get out of here. <laughs> I love Fantasy you Island. You probably didn't like Love Boat either, did you? Nope. Jesus. <laughs> fantasy Island was uh, the TV show of my generation. Mm. <laughs> You're 37 <laughs> years apart. Nevertheless. <laughs> that explains a lot. Uh, the Foo Fighters have just announced the lineup for the Taylor Hawkins tribute concert in L.A. It includes Miley Cyrus, Joan Jett, Alanis Morissette, and Gene Simmons from Kiss. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> that's pretty. That's all right. Remember, we had that comedian here yeah, that Craig would, Gass, yeah. yeah, he would do those those that that uh, Gene Simmons thing, and it was like almost the only voice he could do. <laughs> He was a voiceover artist, but he only had that one yeah, you voice. You only do one voice. The yeah. voice, a man of one voice. And who even knows what Gene Simmons really sounds like speaking? Except, I mean, except when the guy did it, you're like, oh, yeah, he does sound like Gene Simmons. Okay. I'll take your word for it. Nikki Six of Motley Crue says, rock and roll is embarrassing, as it should be. They, oh, wait. Um, they started their stadium tour last night, by the way, in Atlanta, was going, it em- going what, nationwide. Was it embarrassing? I don't know. Well, if it was, they've done their jobs. They got a bunch of other bands playing in that stadium tour. And by the way, they're saying no more meet and greets during their stadium tour. Putting their foot down. They're sick of that? Yep. No more meet and greets? No more. Oh, just come and pay $800 for a ticket to our show and nobody's ever going to pay attention to you. That's it. You'll hear girls, 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 and that's about it. Can I get backstage? No. That's I, that. That's ridiculous that they're not doing the meet and greet thing. Yep. You think that you know, you'd be for all the money that they say they don't make. You yeah. think you'd be making money off of uh, signing autographs? Except with COVID, you can't be a hundred percent convinced that someone's not carrying something. Uh-huh. And if one of the members of the band gets sick, the whole tour gets shut down for Do- a couple of days. You're Do- talking about hundreds and thousands, maybe millions of dollars. Doctor Fauci has COVID. See, see, and he was going to open for Motley Crue. Well. He was up until yesterday. And now he's not. And that's your Hollywood Trash on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Jay Leno Live, Saturday, June 25th. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Grills, grills, grills. Weber, Big Green Egg, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? 
Folks, from the very day that I was hired here at Rock 102, I had been told that the glory days of Springfield hockey were long gone. It had been a full four years since the Springfield Indians had won back-to-back championships, and for many, that had been like a lifetime ago. 27 years later, after having those painful conversations, the Springfield Thunderbirds are going back to the Calder Cup Finals. They're no longer playing in front of partially filled arenas. They're no longer struggling to find new NHL uh, affiliations. They're not doing any of that stuff. What they are doing is beating the Laval Rocket in the Eastern Conference Finals in a 4-0 shutout at home in front of a packed house and preparing themselves to face the Chicago Wolves for Game 1 on the road Sunday afternoon. What do we know about the Chicago Wolves? Not a freaking thing. All I can tell you is that during the regular season, they had the best record in in the AHL with 50 wins and 16 losses. What does that mean for Sunday in Chicago? Nothing. The Thunderbirds didn't face those guys during the regular season. They are as mysterious to us as we are to them. And if there's anything that, a, that is potentially a disadvantage to the Thunderbirds is that the Chicago uh, Wolves allegedly have home ice advantage. But here's the story on that. The Wolves play at the All-State Arena, which seats just under 17,000 people. The Chicago Wolves averaged 6,300 fans per game this season, which means in a city of 8.9 million people, only 6,300 people bother to show up to a largely empty arena game after game. Meanwhile, Springfield, a city of only 155,000 people, averaged 5,375 fans per game in the Mass Mutual Center, which only has a capacity of 6,800 people, which means that while they were that they were playing games at an 80% capacity all season long. So why am I telling you this? Because as good as the Chicago Wolves might be on paper, they don't really have home field advantage because proportionally speaking, nobody from Chicago goes to their games. And my guess is there's a large number of people in Chicago that are not even aware that they even exist. Meanwhile, in Springfield, it's a much different story. I'll take our numbers over their numbers any day of the week. In other words, go Thunderbirds. But hey, number my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Painters, listen up. Rocky's wants to earn your business. Set up an account and have the convenience of eight Western Mass Rocky locations right at your fingertips. Each with a Benjamin Moore with Benjamin Moore paint. Good people, paint people who speak your language at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 613 and ACDC. We're back, Steve and Dave, and Rock 102. It is uh, it is going to be uh, today, and I'll tell you right now what that weather is going to be because I didn't have it in front of me. <laughs> it's uh, cloudy with a high of 77 tomorrow. Uh, rain showers with a high of 87. And then we're going to cool off back again on Saturday with a high of 69, Giggity. It's 62 in downtown Springfield. So I was telling you guys about how my soccer coach at Wesleyan, Terry Jackson, passed away this week. He was the soccer coach there for 30 years. He also coached lacrosse. He was a Springfield college grad. And he and his teammates won the national championship of soccer when he was a player at Springfield College back in 1957. 57? Yeah. Damn. 
How old was this guy? He passed away at 84. 84. And he'd been in ill health recently. But uh, he was my soccer coach at Wesleyan. We won an ECAC championship my senior year under his tutelage. And, you know, he was a good guy. You, you know who was the coach at my mother's high school hmm. way back when? Newt Rockney. Vince Lombardi. Vince Lombardi. Yeah. Even better. How he, about that? He was a high school coach at St. Cecilia's in, uh, I don't know what the town is in New Jersey. Hmm. But, uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Can you imagine that? Vince, did she know Vince Lombardi? She met him once. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, she, you know, he was part of the school. He was part of the football program. And your mother and I, your mother never brought that up to me. I met your mom a million times and she's never said, hey, you know what? Because she hated the Packers. Oh, yeah. Man. She was like that. Sob should have stayed with the uh, New York Jets, mm. Giants, the Giants, Giants, Giants. Yeah, whatever. Uh, you know the ESPN anchor John Anderson. You probably know John Anderson. Yes. Yeah. He um he likes to tell the story about he how he played for Vince Lombardi, Vince Lombardi Junior High. Oh, that's back different. in the Green Bay air uh, area where he grew up. Actually, yeah. yeah so. Vince Lombardi was uh, long gone before I became a, a real full fledged fan, but right. I did uh, spend some very good quality time. At the Vince Lombardi Rest Area, mm -hmm. uh, New Jersey, in New Jersey. Yes, and I got to tell you, it's uh, the most dangerous rest area in America. <laughs> I went to the Jerry Sandusky uh, Child Care Center way Where, back when. Where's that located? That was in Pennsylvania. <laughs> ah, yeah. 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 Well, you, well, you had to go there. There was an opening. It was uh, in Intercourse, Pennsylvania. That's of course, exactly where that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Vince Lombardi, by the way, I think passed away of cancer. Sadly, yes, and, he did. You know my. College soccer coach passing away this week. There was another sad story here. Did your soccer coach just die? He did. You're just checking. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for bringing that up for me again. It's like deja vu <laughs> all over again. Just deja just vu checking. is what it is. Yes, deja, deja vu. vu. Ah, yeah. that's a good go. one. Yeah. Uh -huh. I like yeah, that. Nice, nice. Let me, wait, let me see if that one's taken as a... So are you going to go to the funeral? Are you going to head out there and... Uh... I haven't heard anything about it yet. Uh, he has a couple of survivors. His wife passed away years ago of cancer, and he's got a couple of kids, one of whom was a big soccer star at Babson College, just down the pike near Boston. Right. And um, I haven't heard anything about services but they're saying there might be a service sometime in july so I, yes I, I certainly would try to attend that i have to go to a wake this afternoon you do yeah really uh, a friend of mine's uh, mother passed yeah. away so i have to i'm, I'm gonna mm. go uh, obviously pay my respects yeah but uh, we're talking about funerals here we are there's a, a story out of texas that's gone viral um apparently some guy down there passed away recently it happened uh, in tyler texas about 90 miles east of dallas and um, apparently a 51-year-old woman showed up to the funeral. Her name is Lori Hines. She got arrested after, he, after she walked into his funeral, went up to the casket, and spit on it. Why? Doesn't say. She Doesn't, must not have liked the, uh, the deceased. Not clear why she hated the guy so much. Someone at the funeral said she had been in a beef with he and his family. So she's been in jail, although she was released on $2,500 bond the next day. She's facing a felony charge for, quote, abusing a corpse, end quote. Just by spitting is, a, is considered abuse? Yeah, even though there's mm. a, a casket. Now, I don't know, it didn't say whether it's an open casket and she spit right on him or yeah. it was like a closed casket. But either way. Do you ever go to, to a, the, this is a weird question, but do you ever go to a funeral for someone you really disliked immensely? No. I have. Yes. 
I have. Yes, I have too. <laughs> yeah. So, so but, you felt this yeah. way then, Well, right? it was like one of those things where, okay, um, I don't really like this person. If I were if I were asked to eulogize, I'd have nothing good to say. Yeah. But I went out of respect mm-hmm. for either his family mm-hmm. or uh, other loved ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, now I have gone to funerals of people that I did not care for in the least. Uh, yeah. Name the names. Come on, let's do it. I'm not naming names. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put myself out there like I'm, that. I'm but, kidding. I'm kidding. But I'm you know, you 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 go up to the to the casket. Mm-hmm. You say your little prayer. Sure. Uh, not yeah. not for the deceased, but for everybody else out there that now has to put up with this jerk. But yeah. I've uh, I've been there. I, I've been there too, and uh, it was a guy that I worked with at uh, at the railroad, and he was like a, he was just this guy who was like. He was an a-hole. I mean, that, uh, plain and simple. Yeah. And he didn't really have family. Like, he didn't, and that was that was the thing I felt the worst for. It was like, all right, well, this guy was a miserable prick, but he really didn't have anybody. <laughs> he didn't have anybody to, to be around. So maybe you can kind of see where the struggle came throughout his life, but I still wouldn't have gone up and said nice things about him. You just, you go because uh, you're paying respects, like you said, to their families. Can you say that I, word on the no air, family. by the way? Can you say that word that you just said on the air? What, funeral? Miserable. Yeah, you can miserable. Say, yeah, miserable. You can say that. Yeah, I can okay. definitely say that. Say that. Right. I keep, remem- I keep uh, rem- reminding myself of uh, the uh, the eulogy that John Cleese did for Graham Chapman, which oh, yeah, to me is was... still one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you know, good riddance to that freeloading bastard. Yeah, yeah, it's right, like, yeah. <laughs> what, a great, what a great send-off that is to a guy that you uh, that that's so important to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't want a normal funeral. I, you know, like when when my, when my wife passed away, we did a party because that's, that's right. what she wanted to do. We had a big Mardi Gras party with lights and dancing. Oh, and I remember DJ that DJ and uh, booze and oh, everything yeah. else. Everybody was in such a great mood. <laughs> well, yeah, but I, you, I mean, you respect the wishes of the person that passed away and that's what she wanted she didn't want anybody crying over a casket or any kind of uh, thing like that i mm. wouldn't want that either yeah have a good time make yeah. fun of me do things that uh you know i i can't come to my defense this is the best time to make yeah. fun of me i would like to be laid in state and placed in a rotunda i've never really been in a rotunda that's, i would like to be in a rotunda that might cost your family a lot by well the way. Sure, fine and i don't mind being a burden to them after i'm gone well, you know, maybe th- there's that big uh, burial plot up in um, uh, the, the the park, in Forest Park, Forest Park for the, the mausoleum. The, 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 for, yeah. yeah, for the founder of the. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we could create a mausoleum for you, right here. There's a lot oh, of space. But- there's a lot of space right to the outside of the radio station here, where it's not being used. The Mike Baxendale Mausoleum right here in East Longmeadow. Yes. Unfortunately, we can't have a drive-through because it's against town ordinances. So you'd have to walk right, up to exactly. it every time. You couldn't drive up and pass it. And the yeah. and the trash receptacle yeah. outside the mausoleum is getting rather full. Yeah. But think about the NTR. Think about the na- the non-traditional revenue we could generate for the radio station. We could charge a little bit for people to drive down uh, Fisher Ave. and or walk down, as you said. Yeah. And check out the g- burial site of the. Massachusetts Broadcasting Hall of Fame mm, legend, yeah, Mike Baxendale. Go. Don't you think I've generated enough revenue for these people <laughs> already? I mean, if I if I give them one more dollar, that's like, uh, that, you know, I, um, I think I've done enough. Listen, mm. we'll be taking money from you well after you're dead. Oh, I'm sure that's true. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, a rotunda. Okay. What? What's, what's the name of the girl with the long hair? 
Reputa. <laughs> Reputa the Buta. Rotunda. Rotunda the Bunda. Yeah. Yeah, right. Let that's down, what I want. Let down your long hair. Let me climb up the ladder of love. Yeah, and that's the song I want played at my funeral. Jay Giles, Whammer yeah, Jammer? Uh, must have got lost. Oh, must have got the lost. Live okay. version okay. only. Mm. Not the studio version. Right. That's a that's a good music selection. Sure it is. But, uh, uh, Especially yeah. the part where he says, open up the door, bitch, it's the uba gooba the green teeth. Yes. Now, at a, at, at a then, mausoleum, that would be spectacular. And then have one of those knocking, those automatic knocking hands that uh, <laughs> that go on. Somebody can remote control it from outside. That well, would be hilarious. you know, if you pass away quick enough, we could get Peter Wolf from Jay Giles to appear live. <laughs> I don't know. I, he's almost 80 years old, for crying out loud. You, you, you know what, though? I saw Peter Wolf about five years, six years ago yeah. down at that theater in Connecticut. It was an awesome show. There was only 300 people there because, you know, that's how big the theater was. And uh, he was 71 at the time. And he was dancing around like he was thirty-one. Like, yeah. he, like he he didn't stop. It was it was probably one of the best live performances I've ever seen by a, by an artist. The guy gave yeah. good show. Uh, That's for damn sure. Peter Wolf is seventy-six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. almost eighty. He almost comes there. up here all the time to that Green River Festival up in Greenfield. Well, he he attended the School of the Museum of the Fine Arts at Tufts. Yeah. Well, they're a Boston band. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not terribly surprised. Yeah. 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 He's a good dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if he's still around uh, after I'm gone, mm-hmm. hire him. We'll reach out. We'll Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's 623 with Back Steve and Dave and Rock 102. Nobody gives money away. When a roofing company... Rock 102 with Back Steve and Dave and Leonard Skinner coming to the Big E. We found that out yesterday, right? Uh, Yeah. Finishing off the Big E, uh, final night of the run... And uh, by the way, they're doing more of those cruises, too. They're just going to pack more booze because they ran out of booze a few years back when they are on one of those. Well, like, they're not really big on airline travel anymore. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, ships are where they go. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tommy Cross from the Springfield Thunderbirds will be joining us after 8 o'clock mm-hmm. today. And today I learned is uh, brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Gary Rome will pay you more for your car whether you trade it or not. Well, now it's time for today. Wow, the energy's back. Yeah, your enthusiasm's right there again. Well, I'm not yelling into the radio. I'm just doing a little light like this. <laughs> hey, today I learned that uh, Ford's Theater refuses to perform the play which Abraham Lincoln was watching when he was assassinated. Hmm. I didn't know... It, it, I've been to Ford's Theater before. Yes, I have too. I never heard that, that they won't perform the play. This is the first time I'm hearing this as of, well, last night when I looked this up. Are there a Uh, lot of people dying to see uh, our American cousin? I believe that was the play. Yes, Mm. it was. Look at you, Mr. Trivia. Oh, are you kidding me? Listen, next to the Mr. Dixie Cup over here, I'm I'm the second in line (laughs) for playing Trivial Pursuit for Pieces of Pie. I didn't know that one. Good job, man. You hang out with me, you may learn something. Uh, They say (laughs) that the play isn't appropriate in the space. Mm Mm-hmm. But it was appropriate that one night? Well, that one time. And then they say gun violence has traumatized too many Americans. That's another reason why they don't do it. Well, you can't uh, blame the play. I mean, yes, it was circumstantial. I mean, it's not the play's fault that something bad happened no, there. No, but, uh, but I know that uh, you know some of the re- early reviews are saying what this thing really needs is a big, a, a, <laughs> like a big splash or something. Mm. 
That's maybe not the best choice. It needs of words. a showstopper. There's yeah. no showstopper in this uh, in the show. Uh, speaking of the space that Steve just mentioned there, if you've ever been there, and Steve and I have been there, it's very small. We you know, weren't there together. Yeah. I just want to point that clear. <laughs> yeah, what are you guys doing traveling together nothing, without me? Nothing. We're not there. Go ahead. But go ahead. Small space. Very small. Very small. Well, it's just like anything. You go to like a TV studio, and you. I went to the Late Show, the Ed Sullivan Theater, the one right. time with the mm-hmm. David Letterman show. And it's so tiny. It looks so huge yep. on TV, but yep. you're like in this thing, and then you can't see half the stage because you got all these cameras in front of it. Mm-hmm. So they have the monitors up above. That's why people, when you look on TV, they're looking up uh, up above them because it's the only way they can see. They can't see all the stuff in front of them. Interesting. Uh, and then, uh, so back to this Ford's Theater thing. What would happen at that moment? You know, that moment mm-hmm. where yeah. you get to the play. So it's it's like a slippery slope. And then they say, what would happen after that moment? You know, well, I would imagine the cast party would probably be a little bit, uh, a little bit down. Yeah, I would think so. And then they say the humor really doesn't land. <laughs> you know, not landing. Say, like when John Wilkes Booth jumped onto the stage after shooting the president, that was a landing. Yes, but he broke. He broke his leg. He broke his leg. But yeah. that's that's when they tell you, hey, break a leg right before a show. Stuck the landing. Oh, that's, that's where it. that came from. Yeah. I have no idea. I'm making that. Wow. Up. Today <laughs> I learned two things, <laughs> and that is today I learned. No, it's wait, wait, wait. Right now it's time. No, it's over. Today I learned with Max Stephen A. Got a water main break to tell you about next in the news. Stop what you're doing. The financial markets are in ruins. You're in debt up to your... And you hate your job. And you... 636. We're back, Stephen, Dave, and Rock 102. It's time for news. Brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Gary Rome will pay you more for your car, whether you trade it or not. It's time for news. Here's Dave Coombs. So, guys, we're getting close to sheer anarchy here in East Longmeadow. You know, we had the trash problem we talked about earlier this week. Now there's a water main break. Maple Street here in East Longmeadow. According to police, DPW crews arriving about... Three o'clock earlier this morning. And they're just getting to work now. Mm. The road is closed between Savoy Avenue and Rogers Road in front of East Longmeadow High School. I almost took that route today from Enfield, and I chose a different route. Good thing. Police, by the way, could not give a timetable for when the water main break would be fixed and the road reopened, but the cleanup probably will last throughout this morning. You know, another uh, cone zone alert, if you will, uh, out in Westfield, they're paving Route 20 from yeah. like East Mountain Road all the way up to mm-hmm. wherever the hell it was. It's causing a lot of backups. And the problem is that uh, since it does cause those backups, that traffic, a lot of that traffic says, hey, you know what? I'm going to go down the other side uh, to where Hampton Ponds is and uh, and go that way. Well, that backs up that intersection, too. So it's like the residuals of all of this construction, but it needs to be done because that's summertime and it's, that's that time to do the work, but, uh, it is a pain in the ass to get through. You know, um, last weekend we went to, uh, we went to my sister's house for a, a graduation party uh-huh. and I had to take the, uh, the pike and I, you know, I, I got on the pike in Palmer, mm-hmm. you know, so I got on, uh, on the pike in, in Palmer and uh, traffic is like at a standstill. It's barely moving. I'm going like five miles an hour. I mean, I'm, I'm getting nowhere here. And what, uh, what uh, caused the backup was a, a road crew putting down cones. The Rock 102 road crew? No. Oh. This was like a, like, a, uh, like a highway road crew putting down road cones for probably 50 yards. Mm-hmm. That was enough to make every idiot on that highway 
slow down and try to figure out how to merge to the right. Like it was some sort of complicated science project. Well, you got to take your time in placing those cones in just the right spot in order to chew up a lot of time on your time card. This is what was going on. There was one guy on a truck Mm -hmm. dropping the cones on the road Mm -hmm. and nine guys standing around Mm -hmm. not doing a damn thing. Well, hey, that's the way of the world, man. And yet... Yeah, you know, traffic is 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 like backed up for miles. You know the what? Stupidest backup I've ever seen. I envy those guys. I would love to be one of those nine guys sitting on the truck. That see, you know, you want to uh, entice uh, kids to become, uh, you know, more w- uh, with uh, tech the, the trades, right? Show them examples of. Uh, Look, you could sit around most of the day at this job. All you 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 could wear a nice smock that glows in the dark and drink coffee all day. Wait till the hate mail from the construction people come in this morning. Ah, oh, I can't ah, wait. Please. I can't wait. Steve brought up Westfield. So here's a story for you. The city council there voting unanimously with two absent members, to approve the fiscal 2023 budget laid down by Mayor Michael McCabe. It's an increase of 2.2% from fiscal 2022, and the budget will be $161,540,593. Maybe they can change the Roman numeral four on that clock in the center of town. That would make a lot of sense. Yeah, I hate Roman numerals on watches and clocks. All right, well, uh, here's the thing about this particular clock Mm -hmm. is... Uh, the number four on the clock is I, 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 I. Duh. Well, well no, the number four would be IV. Right. Right. Uh, and also the thing that uh, you feed yourself with, mm-hmm. the IV. Yeah. Uh, but right. The, uh, so, you know, people were complaining about this, and then somebody came along and said, well, no, that's a that's another version of these Roman numerals. Like, it was, I think it was somebody who was just trying to justify that they were wrong in doing it but there there was some sort of like other version of a greek alphabet or greek numerals that they that they put in there Mm -hmm. i'm like come on you're not you're not i'm not buying that it's always been iv yeah why would you change it just for this one particular project as far as i can tell it has never been four eyes no People should know that. It's I, 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 V, 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 I, V, I, I, V, I, 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 X, 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 I, X, I, I, X, I, 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 X, I, V, X, V. And I could go on forever. You're thinking of pi. No, that's 3.14. That's how you turn the circumference of a circle. On and on. No, 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 no. What do I have? What I got? What I got? I got to give you an education here. Please. Hey, you were talking about the <laughs> ad that we ran a few minutes ago, Bax, for the Vermont State Troopers looking for new members. I think we yeah, ran we, that, we right? Yeah, we talk about that off the air. It's like, really? Yeah. The Vermont State Troopers are doing recruitment spots here in Springfield? I said, wow, that's, uh, that's pretty interesting. Oh, there's, there, there, there's openings for police officers everywhere because of a lack of them. The TSA is now offering a $5,000 signing bonus for full-time and part-time transport security officers at Logan. $5,000 signing bonus. That's in addition to your salary. So if you'd like to inspect bags at Logan, they're looking for you. A TSA spokesperson said the agency is offering a grand, two grand, and five grand hiring incentives for prospective positions. And nine other airports in other states have low application numbers. This is what's happening. By the way, this offer, 
available at Logan is not available at Bradley. Well, then that's bogus. Mm. It's pretty uh, wide pay range with a TSA. Well, it depends on what your skill level is, I right. suppose. Uh, if, if you are a learning and development officer, uh, you could make $30,000 a year. Mm-hmm. But if you are a special agent for the TSA, yeah. $164,000 a year. Sweet. Nothing wrong with that. That's a lot of money. Plus benefits. Plus a $5,000 signing bonus if you know what you're doing. You could go to work for the TSA or you could volunteer to work for the TSA. Currently, TSA New England looking for dog lovers who want to help train TSA canine units at Logan. For free. Yes. Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. Oh, come on, though. If not you love dogs, if you love dogs and yeah. you and you love our country and you want secure airports, you would do this. Yeah, I, I would do it if they were paying me $164,000 a year. <laughs> That's we're too cheap to hire professionals. That's right. So here's what happens. If you volunteer for this job, you pose as a volunteer decoy for the dogs. To help support the training, you would serve as a mock passenger in training scenarios to test the canine's abilities. No previous experience is necessary, and anybody can volunteer to sign up. You can just go to the TSA website at tsa.dhs.gov if you want to do that. See, uh, they're not drug-sniffing dogs. They're bomb-sniffing dogs. Yes. They're they're the ones trained to find explosives. So if you smell like marijuana, you could still volunteer as a decoy? Yeah, you're not going to get chewed up. A different set of dogs will be going after you for that one. Gotcha. It's 644 with back Steve and Dave. We've got a mass hat coming up next. And the mass hat from the state of Massachusetts, which makes Steve very happy. Coming up on Rock 102. GG Inks. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 653. And Bon Jovi. We're back, Steve and Dave, in Rock 102. Uh, it's, uh, I don't know. It's going to be something today. Go ahead. All right. It's going to be rainy this morning, I think. Maybe. I don't know. All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Let's yeah. Move along. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's keep moving. 653 with back Steve and Dave. Time for Rock 102 to recognize another mass hat. Going below and beyond other humans in the pursuit of stupidity, incompetence, and embarrassment. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. Here's today's mass hat. Jinwan Chen, appearing earlier this week in Bridgeport, Connecticut Superior Court after being arrested at his home in Boston. He's a commercial bus driver. He's been charged with 38 counts of reckless endangerment after blacking out behind the steering wheel while snacking on gummies that uh, he says he didn't know were infused with THC. It's uh, very possible that he didn't know. Right now, because that's why they're, you know, concerned about the packaging for these things, right? Well, like the uh, the dispensaries have to have certain types of packaging in mm-hmm. order to put these things in. But the other, you have, like, all of these people now... Because we waited so long to legalize everything, or it was legal, and then we didn't really open the dispensaries until a couple of years later. So all these people were making their own. And these, I've had them before. They look exactly like like a, like a Warheads or a Gummy mm-hmm. Bear sure. uh, type packaging. It's just, it's clearly different when you read it, but for the most part, it looks very familiar. Well, the brand... Was Smokey's Edibles Cannabis Infused Fruit Chews. 
Those already sound good. They do sound delicious. Now, um, you would say, well, how did he not know? Don't they taste differently? I guess when you're just jamming gummies down your throat and uh, you're not feeling a buzz. Yeah. Uh, you probably just keep going and 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 don't uh, even think twice about it They're until addictive. it's too late. They're addictive, those gummies, the regular ones. That yeah, is. but the thing is, I mean, uh, when it's too late, it's too late. Yeah, I've got you know my um, my lady friend when she's trying to you know diet or whatever, she has the zero eat zero rule. She says if she eats one of anything, it's it's over with. She goes like you know peanut M and M's, potato, whatever it is. Right. If she can stick to the eat zero, if she, as long as she eats zero, she's okay. You eat one, and you're, you know, you know how it is. You know, if you got to like a bet, you can't just eat one. No, you got to eat 20. So, <laughs> like, but this, these aren't potato chips we're talking about here. No, but, the, but to your point, Bax, this guy may have been chowing them down. He was driving 38 passengers from the Mohegan Sun Casino. When he stopped the bus on the side of Interstate 95 in Stratford, Connecticut, police found him slumped unconscious in the driver's seat next to that open package of the edibles that I mentioned. Toxicology tests showed he had a high level of THC in his bloodstream. He told the judge he had no idea he'd been snacking on anything but regular candy. Now, the owner, the manager of the bus, Go Go Sun Tour, the company, Said this guy has an exemplary driving record for ten years. Well, there you go. I, I can see this happening. Mm-hmm. I, I I really do. I mean, it's not unlikely that he could have been fooled by these things, well, especially I, considering his driving record is right. clean as a whistle. Oh, you know, you're reaching over in the uh, on the cup holder in the bus. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, well, let's say I had Fritos over here. Ooh, what do these choose? Oh, they look like candy. I'm just. Mm-hmm. You can pop a couple of those, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're uh, on the magic bus. Yeah. <laughs> now, did he uh, uh, refresh my memory? Did he get into a crash, or he just blacked out? Just blacked out. He what? Well, he pulled over because he was feeling a little woozy, right? And then when they found him, he was unconscious. Well, he did the right thing. Yes, he pulled over. Yes. You know, he, like he wrapped right. himself and, around a tree. No, and, and honestly, somebody who is a frequent user of marijuana knows not to take too much because you don't want to get like that. Right, like you, you really don't want to experience. It's 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 too much. So the mass hat maybe isn't Jin Wan Chen. It's the folks who make the Smokies edibles, cannabis-infused fruit chews for not properly labeling their package. And when I say package, I mean... It's probably an illegal package yeah, made yeah. by somebody in right. their basement. Right. Probably yeah. somebody uh, you know, jokingly said, here, why don't you take these if mm. you get hungry? Yeah. The ones with the cute dinosaurs on the outside. Right. But yeah. man, that uh, he must have destroyed the buffet. Mm-hmm. No good son. When he came to, yeah, yeah, could Did, be. Have they opened the buffet back up at the uh, Mohegan Sun? I wonder. Good question. I don't. Yeah. I really don't know. They had already left the Mohegan Sun. Just to be clear, they had, they were driving uh, back home to Boston. Yeah, but the buffet. Mm-hmm. That's one way to clear things up. Sure. Yeah, I would have turned the bus around and went back. Say, you know what? We're going here for another two hours, at least. <laughs> Six fifty-eight with back Steve and Dave. The one hundred and two second sports next on Rock one hundred two. Hey, Springfield kids, you need to know your father is living a lie. No, he doesn't have another family, as far as we know. It's just that your lame Father's Day gifts force him to say they're just what he wanted. Well, this is just what I want. Springfield Thunderbirds are going to the Calder Cup Champions Championship after pounding the snot of Laval last night with a 4-0 shutout. 
This is not only the first time the Thunderbirds have made it to the finals in franchise history, it's the first time the city has had a team make the championships since the Springfield Indians got there in 1991, back when they finished off the Rochester Americans in six games for their second straight championship. How long ago was that? So long ago, you could still get away with calling your minor league hockey team the Springfield Indians without fear of cultural appropriation in a woke-minded society. That was so long ago that the only way to hear about the team winning was to have spent $5 on a ticket or read about it in a newspaper or watch for the scores on local TV back when local TV actually gave you scores. There was no internet in 1991. There was no Twitter feed back then. You barely had celebratory fan violence in 1991. People didn't set things on fire when you won a championship. The only thing that people lit on fire was their cigarettes that they were able to enjoy in public buildings like the Springfield Civic Center back when its name was the Springfield Civic Center. What I'm trying to get at is this. If you told me six years ago that a Springfield-based hockey team was just six years away from making the Calder Cup Finals, my reaction would have been, was anybody there to see it? The truth is, you now have a local team playing some of the best hockey the city has ever seen, at least in the last 31 years, in front of packed houses with loads of momentum. That is some pretty exciting stuff, and since we now know that it could take another 31 years before it happens again, I strongly suggest that you do what you can to enjoy it, because these sorts of things don't happen every year, or every quarter century or so. So congratulations to the Thunderbirds for a great series with Laval. It's now time to start preparing for Chicago because we don't know anything more about them than they know about us, and maybe that's for the best. But hey, enough of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Toro makes a good lawnmower. So does Craftsman. Then there's Ego, the battery-powered mower. Steel makes chainsaws that run on gas or battery. Rocky's is your outdoor power headquarters with mowers, blowers, trimmers, and chainsaws and more. All available at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 713 and Queen. We're back, Steve and Dave on Rock 102. Going to be uh, mostly cloudy today with a high of 77. Tomorrow, thunderstorms and hot, a high of 86. But then things start to cool off for the weekend. 69 giggity for a high on Saturday at 65 in downtown Springfield. Tommy Cross will be joining us next hour. Uh, if you're uh, just waking up and haven't heard the news, the Springfield Thunderbirds advanced into the Calder Cup Finals. I'm pretty sure we're going to have tickets for you next week sometime or uh, whatever, but uh, the series starts in Chicago. We'll talk more about that with Tommy after 8 o'clock. Yeah, three home games next week. Well, hopefully three home games. Hopefully. Because uh, they got to win at least one in the, Chicago to get the three home games. Yeah, yes. Well, no, they could win. They could lose the first two. They'd still play the next three if they won one of them at home. True. It's called math. It's uh, it, it doesn't mix very well with me either. Not my strong suit. No, it's not. So uh, last night uh, we had the uh, end of the year softball party for my daughter. Ooh, the one nice. that I was complaining about that group text message. Yeah. And then uh, we get almost to the end of this meeting until that gets brought up that I was complaining about that. Mm. And then uh, they're like, you know what? We weren't even going to like your response. You know, of the uh, we're all I wrote was two, please. For the response to how many people are you bringing? Right. Uh, two, please. That's it. Yeah. That's all I needed to say. And then they're like, well, I wasn't even going to like that. 
but I had to anyway because it was part of the group text message. I'm like, no, you don't have to like that message. I don't think you, I don't think you're under any obligation to like any message, no, or and, uh, any, any comment, or any post on on uh, social media. So I was confronted, uh, you know, with uh, me complaining about this thing, and I and I explained myself. I said, listen, I don't need to know why you can't show up. You know, there's people who's like, well, we can't make it because this thing or another thing. I don't care. Just say we're not going. That's all you need to say. Yeah. So then, uh, so then I get home last night, and about I don't know about seven forty-five, uh, the phone starts blowing up again because Coach Bob thinks it would be hilarious to start liking all the messages previously, and my texts are going off, and then uh, and then he says. Uh, do you want to, or somebody said, do you want to silence this message for one hour or forever? <laughs> and I said, well, at least until September, until we start this whole thing right. over again. Good idea. Uh, and I just said, you guys are jerks. That's how I ended it. I just <laughs> said, you guys are jerks. Good you way know, to stop it. <laughs> you ever notice that like, people take some of that stuff really personally? Uh, yeah, they like, do. Like if you, if you like one comment, but you don't like another. They wonder, hey, how come you didn't like my comment? My comment was every bit as valid as the other comment that you did like, as opposed to you know, you know, just some, you know, yeah. nonsense. I don't care. I do, like it doesn't matter to me but, whether somebody likes my comment or not. No, I get that, but you, yeah. mean, you, you see how often people get really bent out of shape. Oh yeah, they get upset. And like I, I, th- I mean, like I know people get real bent out of shape if they've been unfriended by somebody. Yeah. But they don't always under, in, uh, investigate the fact that maybe somebody closed their account. That could be, too. You know, I mean, that happens all the time. But, uh, again, uh, stop. Stop with the re- responses to all. And, and my point was, listen, when you guys do that, not everybody has an iPhone. So you're getting all of those as a text, as an SMS message going, uh, Bax liked this comment, or Bax loved this comment, or Bax had a thumbs down for that comment. Like I don't care. I don't want. I just want the uh, the direct information. And when you do that, and you have all these things, these the scroll of a this person liked this. Now you have to scroll back and find the pertinent information to what you were trying to get in the first place. <sighs> That's uh, I got a real problem with you people. That's 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 the problem with the group text or yeah. any any group message. It just uh, you know yeah. I find that sometimes you can't even find the original message, and then mm-hmm. so you forget it all anyway. Yeah, and and by the way, it, it uh, uses up a lot of uh, space on your phone. If you keep the text message, you know, and because you got to go back and scroll back. That that eats up a lot of space. That's why I buy a, a high capacity. I knew I, I anticipated that I would get these text messages, so I bought the highest capacity uh, iPhone right. on purpose in order to make room for those text messages, so I can save them and show them to other people. Going, look at this bull crap that I'm going <laughs> through right now. <laughs> look at this garbage I'm dealing with. This is disgusting. See, um, I, I when we were kids, you know, there used to be like a phone tree. You yeah. remember the phone tree? Oh, yeah, the phone tree. Remember that? The no. phone tree? No. So basically, the coach would call. So the way that this, this, is, <laughs> this is the way it worked out. Mm-hmm. The coach would call maybe one or two parents, mm-hmm. and those two parents were responsible for calling two other parents. It was kind of like the Amway of communication. Okay. It's, like a, it's like a total pyramid scheme, but it all starts with the coach. Yeah. Like, for example, let's just say 
uh, yeah, it's uh, they're going to cancel uh, practice because of rain. Sure. So by you know all you ha- all this guy has to do is make one or two phone calls, and then eventually everyone knows yeah. there's no practice. The minions do the work for you. Yes. Yeah. Nowadays we don't even do the phone tree. What we do is we take our phone and we message everybody mm-hmm. because that would seem to be faster and easier. A lot more efficient. Except the phone tree is actually more efficient. No. Except we no longer want to do that because that requires actually talking to human beings. Here's why the phone tree is not successful. Because you remember that game you used to play? Was it called telephone? Where you whispered something to the person next to you who then whispered the same thing. And by the time it got to the end of the line, Mm -hmm. the message was completely different than the way it started out. That's why the phone tree wouldn't work. All right. But if the only information is practice is canceled, Mm -hmm. it's raining outside, that really shouldn't be any different from the originating call to the end. Shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. But is because people are idiots. Yes, but sometimes the simplest of information Mm -hmm. should remain simple. I mean, I understand that. But at the end of the day, everyone at that point is going to know there's no practice. See, I can prove this right now. I'll whisper something to you, Bax. And then you can whisper it to Steve, and we'll see how if it gets screwed up toward the end of the thing, okay? Okay. There's a guy in a black hood waiting outside of our radio station. Steve, Dave would like 50 bucks. How come the mass hat is rarely from Massachusetts? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I see what you did there, Dave. You're absolutely right. I see see all the misinformation. A little social experiment. Definitely shows uh, comes your, your way. Yeah, and, and Steve gets to get something irrelevant off of his chest. Yeah. See, that's how that works. It's not really irrelevant. That it's is. actually uh, no. I'm speaking on behalf of many, many people. Oh, all right, okay. all of your Facebook friends. All I got right, it. Okay. Let's, let's let's bring it all back and focus here. <laughs> so when you went to the, uh, the 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 banquet, yeah. Okay, everyone knew what to bring. Everyone knew how many people. Nobody tried to break the rules. It was all set up, and everybody knew the information. Well, there was an inordinate amount of food left over. There always is. Yeah. So maybe that could have been tightened up Mm -hmm. a little bit to my standards. (laughs) Listen, everybody gets one chocolate chip cookie. That's all you need. You don't need a whole box of chocolate chip cookies Mm -hmm. for people to not eat them and not take them home with them. You have all this food left. If there's 15 kids in the team... You're going to need at least 75 cookies. Every, I, everyone knows that. I like how you called this a banquet. We were we were at the <laughs> softball field that rarely gets cut by a lawnmower. Right. Uh, and uh, we had some foldable tables and everybody brought their own camping chairs. It was a barbecue. Listen, it, it was a great time. I'm not uh, I'm not poo-pooing on the party. No. I'm talking about the method in which this was organized. Mm-hmm. That's the thing I have a real beef with. Mm-hmm. It's 722 with back Steve and Dave and Rock 102. Rock 102 with Tom Petty. Back Steve and Dave. Steve regularly craps on Tom Petty, but Steve, you would like this fact. He once declared bankruptcy to get back at his label. I mean, he was pretty devious at the time. I think you would like that aspect of Tom Petty. I uh, that, that makes no difference of whether that song sucks or not, so I don't know. <laughs> you're, you're separating the art from the artist. Yeah. Yeah. All right, good point. Right. <laughs> we got news coming up next to Rock 102. Grilling steaks. That's what you do at home. Barbecue. 733. 
Welcome back, Stephen Dave and Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement. Mention Rock 102 and save $2,500 off the cost of labor during Yankee Home's Thank You America sale going on now through July 4th. Call Yankee Home and mention Rock 102 all month long. It's time for news. Here's Dave Coombs. So if you're traveling in and around East Longmeadow High School this morning, don't because you got problems. You got the trash problem, of course, that we talked about earlier this week, and now you got a water main break going on. According to police officers and DPW crews arriving about 3 this morning, the road is closed between Savoy Avenue and Rogers Road on Maple Street, right in front of East Longmeadow High School. Police could not give a timetable for when the break would be fixed and the road reopened, but the cleanup probably will last throughout this morning. All right, can I ask the most important question? Yes. Uh, will the Dunkin' Donuts still be open all day? Well, now, w- w- where is that in relation to East Longmeadow High? On Ma- well, Is it on Maple or not? Yeah, it's on Maple. It's right down the street. Hmm. Uh, you just got to wonder if this is going to affect uh, that Dunkin' location. You would think. I, I don't, don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe somebody's out there right now. and can t- if, if you're at Dunkin' or you stop by at Dunkin' on Maple Street, give us a call. Let us know. Because that's going to change my whole day. Mm-hmm. All of it, the whole day. I can understand. Well, school's out, right? School's no. I mean, school is still in session. Are they? They're not done yet. No, my kids were done on Tuesday. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a bunch of teams still vying for state championships. Greenfield softball team, I think, is in it. They got there last night. Uh, Westfield's softball, uh, Westfield's volleyball team won a state championship. So they're but are any of them going to be affected by the water main break in East Longmeadow? I would say probably not. But. Am I going to be affected if a Dunkin' Donuts location is going to be shut down mm-hmm. uh, because of a water main break? Sure. I mean, that yeah. has serious import to my life. The owners of the former Mount Tom Quarry and the State Department of Conservation and Recreation have reached a tentative agreement. The state is going to buy it for about $900,000. According to terms of the settlement, the Department of Conservation and Recreation would gain ownership of the 17-acre Mount Tom Quarry and the 21-acre parcel of land that was the former Mount Tom Ski Resort. Not to uh, compare apples and oranges, but... Or you peaches. Know, yes, but if you got $900,000 to spend on a quarry, couldn't you maybe put that $900,000 towards, say... The rebuilding of a uh, courthouse in desperate need of <laughs> demolishing. Who needs that? There's a courthouse in need of demolishing? Yes, right here in Springfield. Wow. I mean, I would think that would be probably a little bit more important than where we're digging for our rocks. There had been a proposal to fill in the quarry, by the way, with leftover dirt from construction sites. And eventually, in maybe 20 years, according to the report in MassLive.com, the quarry would be filled and the slope of the mountain would be returned to its original state. The State Executive Office of Environmental Affairs was interested in preserving the quarry site as it is. There were plans to, by the way, limit motorized access to the quarry floor to protect native plants and frogs and salamanders thriving there, and also to install a guardrail around its ledge to protect hikers. Now, that's a good idea. Yeah, you don't want your, your hikers to fall. But uh, but I also don't want people to get to terrible diseases of the courthouse either. Mm, right. I saw this uh, documentary about a quarry once. It was uh, this man who would uh, ride a dinosaur. I believe it was called the Slate Rock and Gravel Company. Yes, hmm. yes. And uh, his uh, this guy, uh, Fred, 
who was the operator of this big dinosaur that would mm-hmm. move boulders all over the place, mm-hmm. uh, was constantly being uh, ridiculed by his boss, Mr. Slate, yes. the one who actually owned the quarry. <clears throat> and uh, at the end of the day, uh, this, uh, this Fred would uh, be so happy that he was leaving work, he would get so excited, he would say this thing called... Uh, Yabba dabba do, and this- then he would slide down the tail of the dinosaur right. and then into his car. It was quite acrobatic. Inconceivable. Let me ask you this. Is this the same Fred fella that had, I, I don't know if it was some sort of... Uh, uh, you know, birth defect or whatever it was, but he had ankles for ears. Yes, I believe he did have ankles mm. for ears. He had this okay, beautiful, yeah. like, smoke show redhead wife, right? Yeah, With right. Eyes as black as frying pans. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I remember and, uh, another woman from that documentary, and she was hotter. Just uh, saying. Would that be his, uh, his next door neighbor, Betty? Yes. I don't know. Good memory both, on that. They're both quite. Nah, I uh, like the redheads better. I saw. A, uh, I believe I've seen this uh, this documentary, and on uh, there was a certain part where there was a small little uh, Martian fella on his uh, on his uh, on his uh, shoulder. That was the time he experienced the schizophrenic episode and that's, started seeing things. That's exactly and what I'm talking him about. Him and his friend could see it. Yes, Flintstone. Barney, yeah. Who was that? Paul Lind was Paul. Who was Paul Lind? Played a cartoon character. Which which one did he play? But I don't think it was on the Flintstones. No, it wasn't. He played uh, Templeton and Charlotte's Web. What it that's is. what it was. Yeah, yeah okay. that's it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's all I have for that documentary. The Springfield Regional Chamber honoring Evan Plotkin as the 2022 Springfield Regional Chamber Richard J. Moriarty Citizen of the Year. The award is given annually to honor the memory of Richard Moriarty, a longtime active participant in the chamber and an individual who gave his time, talent, and personal and professional resources to our local community. So Plotkin, a Springfield native, one of the lead organizers of the Springfield Jazz and Roots Festival, and also the force behind Art and Soul. So he gets the major award this year. Good for Evan. Congrats to him. Do you guys know him? I do. I think I uh, maybe met him once. I've met him a couple of times, yeah. actually many, many times. Actually, there was one time uh, I saw him at Nadim's, and I, we started talking about my uh, my brilliant idea of dropping the highway below ground, and I thought his head was going to spin off his uh, shoulders and said, yes, that is a brilliant idea. I'm sick of that same thing. <laughs> and Evan and I had a uh, delightful conversation about uh, maybe what could have been perhaps the smartest idea the city could have ever done. Uh, just to go back to the uh, the love poem that Fred wrote his uh, his wife. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love thee, Wilma, with hair like silk, lips like cherries, skin like milk, your shell like ears, your dainty hands, and eyes so black like frying pan. There you go. Wow. wow. See, good memory. Yeah. Beautiful. You're a perfect peach, my love. Together we're a pair. You're sweet. You're nice. You're paradise. And all kind of stuff like that in mm-hmm. there. <laughs> See, he couldn't even finish the line. Good enough. So, Steve, I know you live uh, a little bit out in the boondocks. Are chickens legal where you live? Yes, we're a right-to-farm community. We have chickens and pigs and mm-hmm. cows and cats and rats and elephants, as sure as you were born. Seventy other municipalities in the state of Massachusetts allow chickens, but some do not. 
And that's a problem for Worcester residents. Amanda Shearstone and some other residents of Worcester are pushing an ordinance that would allow raising chickens to occur within the city of Worcester. She's got a Facebook group called Chicken Up Worcester. And it's got close to 150 members. Hmm. I don't uh, know if I've ever shared you uh, shared this information uh, with either one of you. Mm. Actually, I think I have, but uh, I'll do it again because what the heck. Um, the raising of chickens is a long-time Baxendale tradition. Did you know that? Mm. No, I had no idea. My grandfather, the very same guy that kicked a duck in the head to save my life, mm-hmm. uh, used to raise chickens. Not just chickens. Award-winning chickens. These were uber chickens. These were super-duper chickens. Mm-hmm. He would bring his chickens to the Big E and win awards because he had just the, the, the gold thumb of, uh, of chicken raising. Well, uh, that has skipped a generation or t- uh, one generation. Uh, my dad did not, uh, did not continue the tradition, although mm-hmm. the chicken coop still stands uh, next to his house where mm-hmm. he lives. Uh, but my sister has now taken to raising chickens. Hmm. I don't know why. Wow. Because to me, the uh, the number one thing about raising chickens is chicken poop in the coop. Yeah, it's the taking care of the chickens. I yeah. wouldn't mind the chickens around the house, but that means I have to go clean the thing like every day and then clean off. They get the eggs and clean off the eggs. And it's easier to just go buy them from the Mennonite guy around the corner. Look how much work having a guinea pig in your house is. I guarantee it. Don't they handle a lot more work. Clearing out uh, the chicken coop of its of, of its vile excrement, than uh, you, know, you know scooping up you know cardboard toilet paper rolls out of a out of a tank. Don't even bring up that vile varmint that's in my house. <laughs> Pooping, urinating varmint. Yeah, the smell and the poop is bad, but of course they do eat insects and they do give us eggs and other food items. And that Facebook group from Worcester, Chicken Up Worcester, along with Northeast Organic Farming Association folks are saying, look, if it's legal in Somerville, why can't it be legal in Worcester? That's what they're trying to say. And by the way, you and I have something in common, Bax, because my grandfather also raised chickens and and had chickens Ah, on their property. Look at you. You have two uh, guys that have so much in common. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure that's uh, I'm sure he, he raised fine chickens, but I'm pretty sure ours were better. Well, there's no way to compare the two, but I will say this: he played chicken doctor one time when the rooster got bitten and had a huge gash in its what's it called a waddle down below the the beak there that hangs the hangs down like in the in the chin cheek mm-hmm. area there or something. Sure. The waddle. So he had to surgically repair it. So he took a thimble full of whiskey, slammed it down the rooster's throat, and then. Took with a regular needle and thread, sewed it up, good as new. Interesting. But did your uh, did your uh, grandfather ever win major awards at the <laughs> Eastern States Exposition? No. Well, but <laughs> but he would have had he entered. That's what you'd like to think that. <laughs> Maybe not. It's seven forty four with back Steve and Dave. Now here, this is coming up, and we're going to hear from a guy celebrating his seventy fifth wedding anniversary, and telling us. The only three things it takes to have a long and successful marriage. That's coming up on Rock 102. This is a public service announcement. From Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 751 in Foreigner. With back Steve and Dave at Rock 102. Hey, whoa, what's going whoa, on? Hey, whoa, slow whoa, down. Our fingers. What's slow going on over down there on that now. side of the board there? Anyhow, uh, back Steve and Dave at Rock 102. 
Uh, Steve Nagel, Mind Your Business, a brand new podcast exclusively on rock102.com. Listen every week as Steve sits down with local business owners to find out the real stories behind their business. Yes. One is already up. It's very interesting. You can check that out exclusively on rock102.com. Springfield's Classic Rock. Which business are you covering this week? We really can't say that Ah, because of all this red tape. But you can go to our website and find out all the information you need. That's it. That's like a radio tease, what you did right there. Yes. Good job. Radio tease. Sort of like a professional. Yes. Just like a professional. Actually, it's doing very well. So uh, good on you, Steve. Well, it's semi-professional. It's well, more amateur. Yes, no, I meant the of... tease that he just executed. No, was the tease was, was per- yes, uh, that's perfectly done. Yes. Yeah, the uh, the podcast itself. Oh, God. We're going to have highs in the mid-70s today. Some rain giving way to clouds later on this afternoon. It's 7.52. Now hear this. Now hear this. Do you truly hear what I'm saying? Sound off like you got a pair. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Now hear Hear this on Rock 102 with back Steve and Dave in the morning. So clip number one comes from Springfield Central High School. Remember how we talked a while ago about how Chicopee instituted the pouches for the cell phones that kids had to use? Mm -hmm. Yes. So that they wouldn't utilize them while they were supposed to be studying. So here's... Springfield Central Principal Tad Tokars telling Western Mass News that he's noticed phones at his school are becoming an issue in the classroom as well. I think students are becoming more and more dependent on the phones, and, and we need them to concentrate on on lessons and, and, and learning rather than you know social media and TikTok. No, no more TikTok, uh, more algebra and English and stuff like that. More like Tad Buzzkill. No, no, no. Actually, Tad Tad's a good guy, and and actually, uh, the 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 folks in Chicopee actually uh, really like the idea, and the kids even like the idea. Well, the kids that they interviewed yesterday from Springfield Central weren't down with the idea, but well, I don't think the kids at Chicopee were either initially. No, they weren't, but then after they instituted this this program, mm-hmm. kids got used to it, and they realized, hey, you know what? Apparently, there's a whole other world out, outside uh, what's going on in my hands. So they're going to follow Chicopee's lead at Springfield Central, a subcommittee voting Wednesday to recommend that the Yonder cell phone program be instituted at Central. It's the same one that Chicopee used. Yeah, well, I, don't, I, what, I can't uh, blame them. What company is providing these cases? Because that's Yonder. the company I wanted to invest in. Yonder. Yeah, and that's it's, the it's, one you should invest It's not in. spelled all the way out. It's without the E. So Yonder without an E. Now, why would a company like that try to get involved in educational <laughs> in, you know, technology yes. and misspell their name? You know, why would they do that? Probably because the entire word yonder was already taken by okay. another business. So then maybe you choose another name, mm. but one that is spelled correctly. Mm-hmm. Well, if the yonder pouches are implemented, each student would get one. It's a magnetic pouch. It locks their cell phones for the day, and it uh, helps keep them away from their cell phones and away from social media and concentrating on their studies. Clip number two from Orlando Ramos, who apparently is going to help institute something a little different for Taco Tuesday because of an enterprising student. And I'll get his name in just a moment. Here's Orlando Ramos talking about the message that the student conveyed. Typically during Korea, they... Kids got to ask questions, and uh, Xavier stood up and, and came to me and, and asked me a question about tacos. In his words, a taco without lettuce is not a taco. There you go. Xavier Perez was the kid who asked on career day, hey, how come there's no green? How come there's no lettuce in our tacos? There should be. Um, actually, if uh, I don't find that lettuce is the most important part of the taco. No, the meat 
is the most important part of the taco. I would think that the uh, the shell would be uh, what determines a taco from say yeah. any other uh, like a like a tostada mm-hmm. uh, or just a big bowl of meat. Well, and if you're going to add uh, lettuce, probably it's just that uh, what's the the really white lettuce there that has no traditional no nutritional value. Iceberg. Iceberg. Yeah. Eh, you got to add something a little better. Anyway. Xavier Perez from Indian Orchard Elementary was the kid who drove this whole thing, and Orlando Ramos is driving it home. Yeah, I mean, I got no. Listen, I got no problem whatsoever. Yeah, uh, if the kid uh, wants to, you know, you know, set an example for the best way to make a taco. But to me, that's not the most important part. Let's taco about snacks, baby. Let's we'll talk, talk about, about you and me. Let's talk, talk about, about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Look at us being like salt and pepper. I know. You know what? Uh, you know what? Uh, you know what? Uh, Taco's favorite musical genre is what's that? Rap music. Uh, uh-huh. Get it? Get it? Yeah, it's like a rap with right, a tortilla yeah. shell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Clip number three: A guy going viral, celebrating his seventy-fifth wedding anniversary, and he was asked, "Well, how do you?" get a 75th wedding anniversary what's the key to marital longevity and he said three things here they are take out the trash and put on the toilet seat and yes dear there you go there you go take out the trash put down the toilet seat and say yes dear yeah if you want to live a like a slave for 75 years of your life yeah if you want to be stuck in the same boring relationship for 75 years of your life (laughs) you follow that guy's advice well, good luck either so, way. Some of my most successful relationships in my life come from the fact that uh, we never heard, saw each other. <laughs> I always said my, my wife and I had a very successful marriage because we were never home at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> That absence makes the heart grow fonder yeah, thing? It, do, it actually does. Yeah. I, I believe in that. Uh, so when we did have the one day together, one night a week, uh, we would enjoy each other's time. Yeah, we're, we're finding that to be the case with my current relationship. Because she works six days a week. She lives a little further away. We see each other Saturday, Sunday. Perfect. That's That's a perfect, it's a weekend warrior right there. Going well so far, right? There you go. All right. 758 with back Steve and Dave. We've got Tommy Cross on a Thunderbird Thursday coming up to talk about the Calder Cup finals. And then we've got the 102 Second Sports next on Rock 102. Max's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Grills, grills, grills. Weber, Big Green Egg, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, from the very day I was hired here at Rock 102, I have been told the glory days of Springfield hockey were long gone. It had been a full four years since the Springfield Indians had won back-to-back championships, and for many, that was like a lifetime ago. 27 years later, after having all those painful conversations, the Springfield Thunderbirds are going back to the Calder Cup Finals. They're no longer playing in front of partially filled arenas. They're no longer struggling to find new uh, league affiliations. They're not doing any of that stuff. What they are doing is bidding Laval Rocket in the Eastern Conference Finals in a 4-0 shutout at home in front of a packed uh, pack house and preparing themselves to face the Chicago Wolves for Game 1 on the road Sunday afternoon. So what do we know about the Chicago Wolves? Not a freaking thing. All I can tell you is that during the regular season, they had the best record in the league with 50 wins and 16 losses. What does that mean for Sunday in Chicago? Nothing. The Thunderbirds didn't face those guys during the regular season. They are as mysterious to us as we are to them. And if there's anything that is a disadvantage to the Thunderbirds is that Chicago has the home ice advantage. But here's the story on that. 
the Wolves play at the Allstate Arena, which seats just under 17,000 people. The Chicago Wolves average 6,300 fans per game this season, which means that in a city of 8.9 million people, only 6,300 people bothered to show up to a largely empty arena. Meanwhile, Springfield, a city of only 155,000 people, averaged 5,375 fans per game in the Mass Mutual Center, which only holds 6,800 people, which means they were playing games at nearly 80% capacity all season long. Why am I telling you this? Because as good as the Chicago Wolves might be on paper, they don't really have a home field advantage because proportionally speaking, no one from Chicago goes to their their games. And my guess is there's a large number of people in Chicago that are not even aware that they even exist. Meanwhile, in Springfield, it's a much different story. And I'll take our numbers over their numbers any day of the week. In other words, go Thunderbirds. But hey, the Mama Yappin' Sports brought to you by Rockies Ace Hardware. Painters, Rockies want to earn your business. Set up an account today and have the convenience of eight Western Mass Rocky locations near you. With Benjamin Moore Paint, good people, paint people at every Rockies Ace Hardware. It's 8-12 with back Stephen Dave on Rock 102. Go Springfield Thunderbirds. Uh, it is a pleasure to welcome uh, Eastern Conference champion Thunder- Thunderbird defenseman uh, Tommy Cross. How you doing, Tommy? Tommy? Are you there? Uh, let's see. Tommy, are you there? Yeah, hey guys. Hey, hey there, there, we, there we go. Congratulations. What a game. Oh, th- thank you. Yeah, what a game. What a night. That was a blast. Hey, you sound so excited this morning. <laughs> He's exhausted. <laughs> Did you just go to bed like uh, two hours ago and then uh, just waking up now? <laughs> uh, well, we, we we hung out in the locker room for a little bit, but then uh, no, we headed home and uh, I was up early with the kids today, so that that might be why I sound tired. Now, are you are you saying that, or have you just simply not fallen asleep yet? <laughs> no, I always make sure I get some sleep. No, we if we if we win the next trophy, that's the one where we'll be up all night. Going for the Calder Cup against the Chicago Wolves last night, a shutout. Charlie Lindgren in goal, and a play of the clip of Ryan Smith describing this one save, and he starts with. Mentioning your name right in front of the net. Check it out. Here we go. Cross got pushed to the back of it by Kondana, who steps in front, centers the shot. What a save by Lindgren! Right-handed robbery on Danik Martell! Was that the best save of the game by your goalie? Yeah, that was the best. It was, uh, I mean, it was a tap-in. It was it was a wide-open net, and the guy elevated the puck, and uh, and Chucky just came across with a glove save. I don't know how he did it, but it was the best save. I mean, it might have even been save of the year. Yeah, they, well, you, look, you look at the video, it's fantastic. Tommy, how are the uh, yeah. the goalie the goalie choices made for this series? What the hell is um, that? That's a legitimate question. It is a legitimate <laughs> question. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was a bit of back and forth. Uh, Holfer started the first couple games for us. He was coming off uh, – well, he was just on fire. He, I mean, his stats are off uh, off the charts right now. He's been playing great hockey, and then pretty much, I think it got to the point where if, you know, if the goalie won, then they'd stay in. Um, and and 
you know, we, we, we didn't have a good performance in front of Hofer in game six. And that gave, that opened the door for Charlie in game seven. And, and, uh, he played unbelievable. Posted a shout out against his former team. I think Hofer's stats ended up, they were incredible too. He's, he's six and two in the playoffs with, you know, 950 save percentage. And then we got to put Charlie, Charlie in there and he played fantastic too. So we've got, we've got two really good goalies that are both at the top of their game. This is uh, Tommy Cross on the phones from the Springfield Thunderbirds. You know, I was, I was doing a little bit of uh, you know research ahead, and I mentioned this during my view from the couch. Uh, you, you know, people don't know that much around here about the Chicago Wolves. You guys don't really play them at all. Uh, and the series is two games in Chicago, three in Springfield, and the final two in Chicago. So theoretically, the Chicago Wolves have the home field advantage. But what I found out was, and this is kind of interesting, so the Wolves play at the Allstate Arena uh, outside Chicago, 17,000 people. Okay, this is a city of 8.9 million people, and they averaged only 6,300 fans per game this season. Meanwhile, the Thunderbirds in Springfield, a city of 155,000 people, averaged 53.75 per game, which puts them at just under 80% capacity for the entire season. So basically, if you do the math, there is no home field advantage for the Chicago Wolves. Most people in Chicago don't even know they exist if 8.9 million people are largely ignoring and not going to their games. Yeah, yeah, that's, um, I mean, that says a lot right there. I think it just says a lot about our fan base and the support we've had this year and, and hockey in Springfield. Uh, it's been incredible, and I see I see the Wednesday, Friday, Saturday games, three, four, and five at home. I, I think that's a huge advantage for us. and. We've been a good road team all year, but I think if we can go out there and have a good start to the series to know we get to come home for three games in front of our fans and I know they're already selling tickets and, and the crowd last night was incredible. I would I would put um, I would put Springfield's numbers up against Chicago's any day of the week. Proportionally speaking, the Thunderbirds get a hell of a lot some more support from their community mm-hmm. than the Wolves do, even though Chicago had the best overall record in the AHL. To me, uh, the home field advantage has been neutralized as a result of that, especially if they can't even, especially if there's 10,000 empty seats at uh, the All-State yeah. Arena. Yeah, you know what? It's crazy, too, because all season, I know a couple times you guys have asked, you know, do you follow the Western Conference? What's it? It's kind of weird. You don't you don't ever play them. This, and I always remember thinking, like, well, the only reason you have to worry about that is if you get to the Calder Cup Finals. And sure enough, here we are. So it was almost like you guys were foreshadowing it the whole season. I love it. <laughs> Now, uh, Tommy, I know you're a guy that likes to do his research before you, you go out there and play a game. What are the weaknesses that you've seen in the Wolves that you can use to your advantage uh, in this series? Wow, two good questions out of the hell is that? What is going a, on with you? That's a per- that was a professional question. Uh, <laughs> hey, listen, I'm I'm just warming up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I you know what? I don't even have a good answer for you to be honest. I just know they've got uh, their captain. He, he's uh, Led the league in scoring, Andrew Podorowski. He's a he's a, an established uh, point producer at this level, and uh, they've got depth in goal too. And they've got a good young coach, uh, Ryan Warsawski. I played with his brother, and uh, he uh, the coach won a championship in Charlotte a few years back. So they've got all the components of a good team. But um, you know, I think we're just focused on what we bring to the table, and we've got a lot of guys in our room playing at the top of their top of our game. So. We're pretty excited, and also I just wanted to give a shout-out to uh, Ryan Smith. I know you guys played the clip there, but his calls uh, on the mic all season have been incredible. He's done a great job for us and for the organization, so uh, we love listening to to some of the clips of him uh, getting fired up, whether it's for a goal or a save. 
Well, and we did play that clip of him mentioning the great save by Charlie Lindgren, who used to play for Laval, so he had some knowledge of his former team. Now, are there any guys on the Thunderbirds who used to play for the Wolves of Chicago? Yeah, uh, Mackenzie McEachern, he started his career um, with Chicago, but I'm pretty sure it was it was St. Louis's farm team at the time. Um, but I think he's the only one, and uh, it's a bit different. Like this, this Chicago team, their minor league affiliate is Carolina. Um, so I know some of the guys have connections with Carolina, and then uh, and then McKenzie played in Chicago. Um, but other than that, you know, there's not uh, there's not a whole lot of crossover, not a whole lot of familiarity. So it'll be uh, we're, we're we're fired up. I can't wait. So with, with game one starting on on Sunday, does most of your preparation, or is it split evenly between you guys practicing on the ice and watching film of these guys, or is it going to be you know, one or the other, or one heavier than the other? Um, a lot of the preparation will be done, you know, in our video room. We'll be watching a lot of film and, and uh, kind of fine-tuning um, where we can attack some of maybe their weaknesses and then what we have to be ready for, some of their strengths. And I know they can score a lot of goals, so we'll have to be pretty tight defensively. Um, but I, I always like to say rest is a weapon. So uh, hopefully I think we're not skating today, and then I think we travel tomorrow. So we'll get back on the ice at some point and uh, – you know, you're you're in such a groove at this time of year. It's you don't need to really, uh, you know, do too much to stay in the rhythm. The, the body knows what we're doing, and uh, it's just getting the rest uh, when you can. Talking to Tommy Cross, defenseman from the Springfield Thunderbirds here on Rock 102. Now, a question that arose on our show yesterday: we don't know the answer to this. You mentioned the fact that Chicago's NHL affiliate is the Carolina Hurricanes, and of course, you guys enjoy the affiliation with the St. Louis Blues. What are the rules? for the NHL teams sending down guys just so they could win a Calder Cup championship with their affiliates? Yeah, so there's um, a player like a player that's in the NHL. In order for them to, to come down and play in the American League, they have to be on the AHL roster at the trade deadline, which is usually in March. So I know that that sounds a little complicated, but you know, um, some NHL teams, they have a young prospect that's playing in the NHL, uh, they'll send them down for a day at the trade deadline just to get them on our roster, and that makes them eligible to play for us in the playoffs. Gotcha. So we got a couple guys back, uh, Charlie Lindgren and, and Callie Rose, and we got them back from St. Louis after St. Louis was eliminated, and uh, they've been huge additions to our team. Mm-hmm. And then um, I'm pretty sure one of the goalies in, in Chicago, he was up playing for Carolina, and he got sent down once the Hurricanes were eliminated. So there is a little bit of that. You know, some teams can get, get uh, bolstered by a couple additions if the NHL club loses out. But when you go this far, I mean, you know, obviously there's two teams left in the NHL and uh, there are two separate affiliations than the two teams left in the College Cup. Mm-hmm. Game one is uh, Sunday in Chicago and the Thunderbirds come back to Springfield on Wednesday of next week. Tommy Cross, congratulations. Well, I got one more question. Oh, got one more question? Yeah, why do we drive on parkways and park in the driveway? I, I never understood <laughs> well, that. Well, there he goes. There he are. Back to normal. That's a, leg- that's no a legit professional question. That is not, hey, <laughs> that is a legitimate question. You're right about I that. I never figured that one out. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, congratulations. Hey, is that, is it? Is, is a hot dog a sandwich? Hey! Oh, yeah, see? Yeah, there you go. See? That's a good, good question. I Look, say yes, it is. We incited another 15 minutes worth of conversation. Unfortunately, he's, <laughs> Unfortunately, got, a, he's no got a very busy schedule, and yeah. so do we. Tommy, congratulations. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Take you care. bet. Tommy Cross from the Springfield Thunderbirds. It's 822. We're back, Steve and Dave, on Rock 102. Rock 8:35. We're back. 
Stephen, Dave, and Rock 102. It's time for news. Brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Gary Rome will pay you more for your car, whether you trade it or not. It's time for news. Here's Dave Coombs. You're not just dealing with trash problem in East Longmeadow. You've got a water main break to deal with this morning on Maple Street between Savoy Avenue and Rogers Road. It's closed. And it got closed around 3 o'clock this morning when DPW crews arrived and police helped shut it down. The police could not give a timetable for when the water main break would be fixed or when the road would be reopened, but the cleanup probably will last throughout this morning. So if you're traveling in East Long Meadow, bear that in mind. Thankfully, we don't have to go anywhere near East Long Meadow today. That's a good thing. <laughs> I'm kidding. See, we're, we're in East Long Meadow. Yeah, but we can take a different route. Like I can take a different route home to Enfield, which I did on the way in this morning, or else I would have run into that problem, I guess. Well, what'd you take? Shaker Road? No, how did I come this morning? Uh, let's see, I see. up uh, Route 5, took a ride on Washington, I believe it is, past the Longmeadow Police Station. Why didn't you just take Bellevue? Oh, you could have done that, too. Don't know Bellevue. I'm just kidding. I don't even know if there's an avenue out there. Like that. <laughs> just... But thanks for the local tip. Springfield's Regional Chamber honoring Evan Plotkin as its 2022 Springfield Regional Chamber Richard Moriarty Citizen of the Year. Plotkin, one of the lead organizers of the Springfield Jazz and Roots Festival. And the award is given annually to honor the memory of Richard J. Moriarty, longtime active participant in the chamber. Good for him. Hey, the U.S. Open in golf is taking place this morning right down the Mass Pike at Brookline Country Club. But did you know that one of the pieces of equipment that a lot of the golfers are using manufactured right here in Western Mass? No way. Yes. The Callaway golf balls. Chickabee. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Where's that located? I got to go check that out. Uh, I don't think they're going to let you just yeah, you know, you into the place. Go I mean, in uh, there. You can't I mean, I mean, I went there years ago when they were making uh, Top Flight. Yeah. And uh, or as we like to call them in the, in the golf world, Rock Flight. Oh, I, listen. Uh, horrible. They are not horrible. They are great. <laughs> they were great sticks. A great set of pins is what I had. Oh, maybe the sticks are fine. The golf balls <clears> in <throat> Top Flight are horrible. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and badmouth <laughs> anything uh, that was made in Chicopee. I hate to tell you, but Top Flight and Callaway are the exact same balls <laughs> that they just use different packaging. For. Yeah. Nah, different. Different stamping. There's no. no. There's no such good Top Flight ball. There's a top. There's a top-notch Callaway ball. There's, they're the same. No, nope. get a little of this. We got the, we got the Greg Norman over here. All <laughs> yeah. of a sudden, uh, you know, well, telling everybody what well, they I know somebody use. who used to work there, and all the balls are made in the same machine. <laughs> they are the same dimples are put in the same balls. They aren't, and any golfer will tell you otherwise. But look, yeah, you, know, you know your hockey now, so I guess I'll have to defer to your golf knowledge as well. Wow! Wow! Yeah, somebody's some, getting a little uh, wow. Somebody got a little cranky pants yeah. today, huh? <laughs> hey, this one from the Mass Hat earlier this morning worth repeating. Jin Wan Chen had to appear Tuesday in Bridgeport, Connecticut Superior Court after being arrested at his home in Boston because he was driving 38 passengers from the Mohegan Sun Casino back to Boston when he had to pull off and when police found the driver he was slumped unconscious in the driver's seat next to an open package of smokies edibles cannabis infused fruit chews he had a high level of thc and he claimed afterward he had no idea as the driver of a bus that he was becoming in any way incapacitated well yeah we talked about this earlier and you know i mean Really? I mean, you can see where somebody may be taking him and not know 
that they were infused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could have just been any uh, any number of uh, commercially made gummies. Mm-hmm. They are delicious. And you know, like you ever have like 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 you know real gummy bears. You don't you don't stop at just like fifteen of them, right? You, you have like fifty. That's right. Because you got to use my girlfriend's eat zero premise. Because if she's just one of anything, it's over. And I agree with that. If it's around and I eat one, mm-hmm. I can't stop myself. Now, the dri- the bus driver's boss stuck up for him, or stood up for him, I should say. The manager of the Go-Go Sun Tour saying that his driver, Chen, had been driving for the Boston-based company for 10 years and has an exemplary record. So he believes him when he says he had no idea he was ingesting THC. This weekend is Juneteenth, guys, marking the effective end of slavery. Lots of celebrations around Western Mass, including a flag raising at the Black Vietnam Veterans Memorial in Springfield. That'll happen tomorrow at noon. Also, there's a heritage walk going on in Amherst over the weekend. A Pan-African Historical Museum event in Springfield where guests can interact with the famous and unsung who helped out with the Underground Railroad. Mm Mm-hmm. And a bunch of other events for Juneteenth going on this weekend. You can catch all the details at MassLive.com. Can I ask a dumb question? Yeah. Uh, are we getting Monday off for Juneteenth? No. Did, did we get that last year? No, we do not get You know, the off. Underground Railroad ran through uh, Springfield. Right. It wasn't a train, Bax. No, I know. But uh, but but there were... The Underground Railroad was... You know, part of Springfield was uh, was the route. But you do raise a good point. Juneteenth is Sunday, June 19th, which is also Father's Day. Yeah. We really should have Monday off. Well, I think we should. There should be a lot of, a lot of celebrations going on. Well, we've never gotten off for Father's Day. Well, some of us have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah I see yeah, you there. Yeah, I got that. Hey, 25 people have been treated for burns while walking over hot coals as part of a team-building exercise in Switzerland. Play stupid games and win stupid prizes. There you go. 13 of these people had to be taken to a hospital and treated for more severe injuries. This occurred earlier this week. So they were walking over the bed of coals as part of this team-building exercise with their company, and they started feeling pain shortly afterward, according to police. You know, you're supposed to do it quickly, right? And not think it's like a mind-over-matter type of thing. I'm not doing it at all. I mean, if that's part of the team-building exercise here at our company, I'm not doing it. Well, we don't really do team-building uh, things like this. Thank God we don't. I, I don't like team-building. Mm. Uh, hey, listen, I just you want to do real pe- uh, team-building? How about a paycheck? That'll do it for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Give uh, me a paycheck. With a bonus. Ooh, that, yeah, ooh, that's even better. Now I'm a company guy. I'll be on your team all day long. The police in Switzerland are uncertain if there was an issue with the setup of the hot coals or it says how the group walked across the hot coals. Again, mind over matter. Mm-hmm. You do it quickly. You get on the coals, you just you, you book it. That's it. All right. And one other piece of science for you to chew on. Researchers at Stanford and Baylor say they've identified a, mo- a molecule that prevents us from feeling hungry. So if you're looking for a new dietary aid, you could use this pill coming out soon. Yeah, but see, I've eaten food when I wasn't hungry. Yeah, you know, does it does it help you with like uh, stress eating or you know emotional eating? I mean, I sometimes uh, you know eat uh, when I'm angry or when I'm sad mm-hmm. or when I'm happy or when I'm surprised 
or uh, when I am filled with the uh, sojourn or uh, anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else is there? Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Mm. Well, that leaves out a few other emotions, so maybe you're safe. Uh, by the way, they need more testing on humans, but they have tested this thing with mice, and they gave them a high dose of the stuff, and the ones they gave it to still had the same amount of energy, but ate only half as much. And in 10 days, they were losing body fat. Damn. I'll take one of that. I'll take it then. Why go. not? All right. It's coming out soon. 843 with back Steve and Dave on Rock 102. Sleep IQ technology. That's what... Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 851 and REM with back Steve and Dave on Rock 102. It's going to be uh, cloudy today with a high of 77. Tomorrow, uh, muggy, humid, and some thunderstorms, high of 86. And then cooler for Saturday with a high of 69, giggity. It's 67 right now in downtown Springfield. You missed our interview with uh, Tommy Cross earlier this morning. Check out the daily podcast to be posted after the show today. Available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify or directly from rock102.com. You ever miss a show? You can always listen to it when it's convenient for you. Also, check out Baxi's musical podcast. My guest this week, Colin Newman from the band Wire. Uh, next week, I'll be talking to his wife, Malka Spiegel. Another interesting interview. That'll be available on rock102.com. Sweet. So earlier, during Now Hear This, we played the clip from State Representative Orlando Ramos about the menu at Indian Orchard Elementary School. A taco without lettuce is not a taco. Debatable. But it reminds me, there's a story that's gone viral from Scottsdale, Arizona, in the Phoenix area, of a restaurant where people are encouraged to lick the walls because the walls are made of a Himalayan salt block. And so there's all sorts of videos of people Licking the walls to the window, to the walls, to the sweat drops down my sauce. <laughs> sauce, keep, keep, yeah, right. Like, so much you can go with that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I was wondering if are there any restaurants locally where you'd feel safe doing that? Licking I, a wall? Yes, yes. There may, or if you had to, let's say you were forced at gunpoint to lick the walls at some local restaurant. Which one would you pick? Because I, you know, I'm wondering just out loud where that would be. You know, I mean, you know, I would say lick the walls at Bernie's, but you know, yeah, now you can't, can't do that. You now. can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's lots of restaurants where wall licking would probably be okay. <laughs> yeah, most restaurants I, uh, I, I go to, I would lick a wall or two. Really, like, like Theodore's, yeah. I would lick a wall, but only certain walls. I would lick the walls at the Mardi Gras. Yeah, no, I wouldn't do that. I mean, maybe at the 350. You want a salt lick? Lick the walls at the Mardi Gras. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe she was Himalayan. Yeah, maybe. I don't think you're supposed to lick anything over there. <laughs> I don't know I'm about sure that. I'm not sure you'd want to. It cost you 12 bucks for a drink, but hey. What yeah, I never lie. I, yeah, maybe like uh, like Theodore's, but only like, you know, like the walls of the kitchen where you know there's like grease splatter or you know, you know burnt end you know shrapnel yeah. or whatever goes no, go goes to a, into making that place I go to uh, a so brand delicious. new restaurant you you went to that new one downtown near theodore's right J- uh, jackalope jackalope now it's new so that means it suggests that maybe the walls are cleaner they're than, probably they're probably very very clean you yes know? there was like uh was it the uh the, was it shaking crab that's a new place that's mm-hmm. opening up i'm sure their walls aren't too filthy yet that's I right try that crazy seafood place down in west springfield you know, uh, yeah, I, I hear that's pretty good. There's something about the the place on uh, Boston Road, uh, Juicy Seafood. 
It just seems like a like an ill named restaurant. Yeah. Was that, like, like juicy. I like I like seafood. Yeah, don't get me wrong. It's like if it was named moist seafood. Yeah, it's like, and, and if I were going to yeah. eat it, I'd want it to be yeah. somewhat juicy or yeah. succulent. Yeah. But juicy seafood was that the was that in the location? It was a buffet place. right? Yeah, it was the old Chinese buffet. Yeah, but what was it called? It was called Yum Yums or something like that. It wasn't it called something weird? <laughs> no, that was down the street. Yeah. And that was Footy Goody. Footy Goody. That's yeah, what right. it was. Yeah. Hmm. Yum, I, yum, Footy Goody. I had a friend of mine yeah. uh, hmm. who was uh, no longer with us who who swore up and down that Footy Goody was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And the one day he, he took me there, we had lunch. Uh, I, for whatever reason, it was just yeah. a... They had a tough day in the kitchen that day. Oh, and it was uh, it, it was uh, not that great. I'm pretty sure they had a tough day in the kitchen every day. Over perhaps, there. yeah, perhaps. But uh, that was one of those things where, you know, he th- this guy had hyped it up so much. Like, yeah. Oh, you're gonna love footy goody. You eat like all the you can eat pot stickers all day long. You mm. rot your noodles all day long, and you you go and it's like, well. Mm. <sighs> There's a fine I think, distinction. I think, it's only, I think I'm only eat half of this one plate I've got at the buffet. There's a fine distinction in the pronunciation. Footy goody sounds worse than foodie goody or foodie goody. Uh, you know, I don't even know how you like, pronounce yeah, it. I think I it was foodie goody, maybe. Because foodie would be better than footy goody. Yeah, because it sounds like it's coming from, from a That's foot. what I'm yeah, saying. I, yeah. I never, I never figured out. Yeah, how does what's that, the proper pronunciation? That would be a place I wouldn't lick the walls. <laughs> no, footy, probably footy not. goody. Yeah, yeah no, no, I think you're right no, about that. Yeah, I. Yeah, I mean, I can think of plenty of places I wouldn't be doing any any licking, but I'm not I'm not going to be so indiscreet as to name them, you know, you know, individually. I think mm-hmm. that might be might be wrong. What about uh, what about the walls of a Chuck E. Cheese? You get uh, you get, you get beer, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, uh, frozen pizza, right, and blood from the fights that would break out inside the Chuck E. Oh, Cheese. Oh yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I I wouldn't lick the walls, but you know what I would lick? What? At Nadim's, yeah. Any spoon or mm-hmm. spatula yeah. mm-hmm. or ladle, yeah. I like it. Like ever have that that garlic flavored tomb, that garlic sauce that comes with everything at yeah. Nadim's? Ever have that? Oh my god! I would I would lick, I would lick that container clean. The every lentil soup time. is good. Everything over there is mm-hmm. really good. But I would I would I would lick any sauce mm-hmm. that Nadim put in front of me. What did I have down? I had a shank. I think a pork shank was it, it, at Nadim's. Yeah. Yes. Was it a shank? Yeah, I think you're right. I've or had- uh, maybe it was a short rib. I'm not sure. I don't know of a short rib over there. I haven't. Re- I haven't oh, it that. was a, it was a lamb. It was yeah, it was a lamb, lamb. shank. I yes. had a lamb shank. How was there. it? It was delicious. Yes. There was nothing bad at that place. It was it was absolutely delicious. And no, like, everything is good. That's the kind of guy you want to hang out with when the place closes. Because then, like, oh yeah, let me let me cook up. We used to know this guy at the uh, the School Street Bistro over in Westfield, and. Uh, he would, you know, if you, my my wife used to bartend there years ago, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know we'd obviously be in there after closing, which we shouldn't have been, but right. it's long <laughs> gone now anyway. But uh, he uh, Nick would go in the kitchen and he'd he'd like make something that they didn't even have on the menu. And it would be like the well maybe because we were really drunk, <laughs> uh, but it was really really good. Oh yeah, and it was like uh, you know he'd just throw some stuff together. And he's like, oh, that's nothing. I just threw this together. And I'm like, well, you throwing this together is like a gourmet meal. Like, that's the kind of g- you want to hey, hang out with. A guy. I, I, I've hung out with Nadine before. Yeah. And uh, I remember there was like a, at least one time that I remember after everything was all said and done. We did a work release over there. Yeah. And we sat out in that little patio area while they pulled out the hookah. Yeah. Ooh, that was good. That was wow. good fun. Giddy good up. fun. Yeah. Good fun with Nadine. Take that anytime. It's 858 with back Steve and Dave and Rock 102. 
Hey, Springfield kids, you need to know 